So guys, welcome to um, another week, another week of uh, strength and struggle. Um, so today's one's uh, a good one. We've got um, my friends. Is it still girlfriend or your fiance yet? Still girlfriend. <laughs> Alan, sort it out, mate. Yeah. So we got we got Alan's um, girlfriend on the podcast today, Soraya. Welcome, Soraya, to the podcast today. How are you? You alright? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm just a pet peeve, Soraya. Shit, what did I say? Soraya. Sor I get that a lot. Though. What is it, Soraya? Soraya. I've got, a friend, I've got a friend called Soraya. So this Soraya business is going <laughs> to put me in. It's, it's fine, Jenny. Don't worry. Um, so, yes, yeah, so Soraya. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, so, guys, today what I wanted to do is I wanted to get a chance for Soraya to tell us a little bit about her story. Um, but Soraya, Soraya does a lot on YouTube herself and on social media in raising awareness for diabetes. Um, because Soraya has got the but Soraya, God, you've messed me up, man. <laughs> so Soraya, that's in the back of my mind now. So I'm trying to control the cameras, trying to read my questions. I just trying to do one more thing to do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm trying to listen to her as well. Um, so Soraya is going to tell us a bit about uh diabetes raise a bit more awareness through this podcast as well um uh, interested to hear her thoughts and her um i guess her experience and how you've lived with diabetes for your life um so yeah that's what we're doing today guys so welcome um so when so is diabetes something that happened um early on in your life or I mean so I guess the best way to start this podcast is tell us about how you found out to have diabetes um and what led you to find out that you had diabetes okay so there's different types of diabetes and people kind of get confused between the two so I've got type 1 diabetes which is where your pancreas basically stops working completely okay. Um, your body kind of attacks itself, so it's an autoimmune disease, which is different to type 2, where you can still produce a bit of insulin, which is what the pancreas produces. Um, with type 1, the symptoms that you kind of get in the lead-up to being diagnosed is like lots of weight loss, yeah. um, you can be thirsty a lot of the time, toilet trips all of the time because you're constantly drinking, and just really tired so that had happened to me for a good couple of weeks um to months in the lead up to to me being diagnosed um i wouldn't want to eat but i was drinking a lot and um my mum actually took me to the gp because she was really worried about me okay. and this also happened around the time that i had like broken a bone in my arm so my mum thought it was related um took me to the gp the gp said that i had a stomach migraine which yeah. i'd never heard of before but apparently it's a thing yeah. um and then the next day obviously got sent home and the next day i was almost going into a coma um so my mum took me to a and e mm. and they did some blood tests checked my urine and that's when they diagnosed me with with diabetes so you said your mom took you so it sounds like this happened quite young so how how old you when you found out so i was 11 when okay. i found out so i just started secondary school been in secondary school for a couple of weeks okay. when, when this happened okay and do you know what led up to that so what would you, 
No, I mean, there's this misconception that you eat too many sweets or you eat the wrong things and things like that. But with type one, it's your body attacks itself. There's nothing yeah. you've done wrong to cause it. Yeah. Again, people say that it's genetic, but actually in my family, there was no one, no one with type one that I'm aware of. Um, so I didn't do anything to cause it. I don't know why it happened, Yeah. but it did. And, and there's two types, types one, type one and type two, you've got type one. Yeah. Now, um, it's mad that you went from nothing to type one. Yeah. Is that very common or is it usually people get type two, then type one, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. it's graded, isn't it, so? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not very common for you to get type two and then type one. Type two is related to like, um, you know, being slightly overweight, not eating healthy, not having a healthy lifestyle. Type one can happen to anyone just like that. Okay. Um, they say that a couple of weeks before you might have been unwell, so you might have had like a virus or some sort of infection or something. Mm. And when your body is trying to fight that, that particular infection, it's then gone into overdrive yep. and attacked itself, okay. which is what causes the pancreas to kind of become attacked. And yep. that's when you develop type one so okay yeah i didn't do anything to cause it but for some reason it it happened that's great and, and um so the doctors at that point what what were they saying to you in terms of what's going on or what's happened or why it's happened i mean or to, or to your mom sorry maybe not you directly yeah i can't it's mad because i can't actually really remember what happened or what the doctor said i can just I can just remember being in hospital for two weeks after given, being given the diagnosis and like being taught how to do insulin injections and check my blood sugars and being told that it was a lifelong condition. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I can't remember much. Okay, so you said they're life lifelong condition. So, and they said that to you early on. So I'm guessing once you get diabetes, I said you got diabetes. Yeah, with type 1, unfortunately, there's not a cure for it at the minute. Um, so if you've got type 1, you have to treat, you know, your treatment is to give yourself insulin injections. Um, and that's kind of the only way that you're keeping yourself alive. Yeah. So at the minute, there's no cure. And it's, yeah, that's that's yeah. the treatment. Yeah, wow, wow. Well, your, your board must have changed so fast because... So yeah, your year seven, maybe year eight. Yeah, it was year seven. Year seven, right? Yeah. Uh, for the Americans that watch us at high school, first year of high school. Um, so you must have been a very different person leading up to high school, and then you must have had a, like an idea of well, I, I want to do high school like this, or I want to do certain things like this way. Did the diabetes then change that all, and how did your world change? Yeah, di diabetes changed a lot of things for me. Um, it changed kind of how I had to think about what I was doing, thinking about what I was eating, having to remember to do my injections every day. Mm. But it's crazy. I was talking to someone about this this morning, actually. I can't remember what life was like before having diabetes. Yeah. Because I've lived with it for 19 years now, so I've had it. I've had diabetes longer yeah. than I haven't lived with it. Yeah, yeah. So 
I just I can't remember what it's like not not to have diabetes. Yeah. It's really strange. Yeah, yeah. And how was you as a kid? I mean, was you a because diabetes, whenever I think of diabetes, I always relate to someone eating too many chocolates or yeah. too many sweets, right? It's just yeah. common. Uh, unfortunately, that's just, yeah, that's where your mind goes. So what, would you say you're, you were like that as a kid or not? No. Not no, even my mum used to say like, oh, you know, Soraya's not the type of person that would eat sweets or eat chocolate. Yeah. Funnily enough, though, after being diagnosed, it's like I wanted all of the sweets and chocolate. But no, when I was younger, yeah. I was never... A kid that was like, oh, I need chocolate, I need sweets. So yeah, but yeah, like you say, there's that misconception. There is, yeah, because everyone, whenever I think of diabetes, I think I get sugar, 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 and um, so that so I, you had it through high school. Um, what was high school like with diabetes? Because I mean, parties and canteen, birthday cake, chocolates, and all the rest of it. How was high school time for you? I think. High school or like secondary oh, so school. Oh, so I keep calling it. <laughs> no, I, I'm, going, I'm going all America now, so we're not in America, so not high school. How was secondary school? <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, I think it was it was fine. I think it's more when I got to university that it became more of a problem. You know, I think at secondary school I'd kind of use it to leave classrooms a little bit earlier and skip the lunch queues, and you know, it it wasn't it wasn't too much of a a different it didn't make too much of a difference yeah. for me um obviously having to tell my friends that i had diabetes was i don't think they really understood what it was they just knew i had to do insulin injections but i think when i went to university that's when things did get a bit more challenging for me yeah and then in what in what way um, obviously because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be a typical student, like partying, drinking, um, trying to fit in. Um, at the time as well, I was with an ex-partner, so obviously I wasn't with Alan. Um, I was with an ex-partner and um, when you have type 1 diabetes, if you don't give your insulin injections, yeah. your body starts to break down fat and muscle. Okay. So a lot of people, especially girls that have type 1, if they want to keep their body looking slim, yeah. um, they can do that by not giving insulin. Okay. But obviously that has a detrimental effect on you, you know, in other ways. But because this partner that I was with wasn't very... He didn't really want to know much about what diabetes was. Yeah. And I was a cheerleader at the time and... He wanted me to look a certain way. Yeah. I would not give my insulin injections wow. a lot of the time, yeah. um, which resulted in me ending up in hospital a lot while I was at uni. So that was hard. Um, wow. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. So I mean, is that what what effect does that have? What effect does that have on your internal system? So the reason why you need insulin is because when you eat carbohydrates, yep. your body will break that down into glucose and okay. then it uses that glucose to, for energy. Okay. If you're not eating carbs or if you're not giving yourself insulin, that glucose can't be used for energy. Okay. So it kind of just sits in your bloodstream and then your body is kind of trying to find energy from somewhere else okay. because it's not getting the insulin, it's yep. not getting the carbs. So it starts to break down fat, it starts to break down muscles, and that's when you lose loads of weight. So and, that's, 
And then that's why you end up in hospital because you're losing it too fast. You're losing it too fast, but also your body creates something called ketones. Okay. So if you've heard of like the keto diet. Yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. So that's when people like will stop eating carbs so that their body can break down fat. And and just eat meat. Yeah, they they just don't eat carbs. So so what's... What's that? What's it, what is it? A bacteria or what is it in in your body? It's it's acid basically. Okay, what's it called? Key what? Ketones. Ketones. Yeah. So your body starts producing more acids, and those acids uh, attack your body almost, right? Yeah, it's really poisonous to your yeah. body. So the insulin stops those being produced, almost or. So if you don't give insulin, it produces the ketones. Okay, so it stops. Okay, so it stops yeah. the body producing those acids, which will then. Uh, potentially, yeah, affect you in the in the short term and long term. Yeah. Okay. Wow. 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 Okay. So what? So your diet. What does your diet look like then? So, um, what's good for you? So you, you mentioned carbs there. Yeah. Yeah. So what? What does your diet look like? Thing is, I've always been quite a healthy eater. Anyway. Okay. Um, and the th- <laughs> this is another thing that people don't realize about type one diabetes. You can eat anything you want. Yeah. You just have to inject insulin for it. Obviously, whether you've got diabetes or not, you should have a healthy lifestyle. You should have that balance of eating, you know, cakes and stuff if you want and eating healthy food. Um, So I can eat anything I want to. I just have to inject insulin for anything that has carbohydrates in. Okay, so if me and you go for a pizza, you, you would insert insulin before or after? Before. And every single time. Every time. And, and insulin, is that, is, I think I've seen, is it like a pen? Yes. Almost like a pen injection, right? I think I've seen it. Yeah. What do you track? What do I track? Yeah. Just the carbohydrates. That's the only thing? That's the only thing I have to. Okay. I have to work out the amount of carbohydrates in my in my food. Yeah. And then inject insulin according to that. So, so what do you eat? I eat everything. So you, so you still have carbs, but in oh, yeah. moderation. But in moderation, yeah. Okay. I've never been a big carb eater, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think so much in diabetes is focused around what you're eating, what your weight is, and that can also lead to a lot of people with diabetes actually developing eating disorders. But that's, I mean, that's a whole different story. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I can see that happening, though. I can, I can see why that happens. Yeah. I can see why that happens. I, I, how do you manage all this? Because like, it sounds like you have quite a lot to juggle, plus Alan. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's my biggest juggle. Um, <laughs> so how, how, what, what, what methods do you use to juggle this and make sure you stay on track with everything? Do you know what? I think it's, it just becomes part of your lifestyle. You know, my routine every morning is I wake up, I check what my blood sugar is, mm. I'll have my breakfast, inject, you know, inject my insulin. Throughout the day, I'm constantly checking what my blood sugars are. Mm. Every meal I have, I do my insulin. It it literally becomes part of your routine. Just yeah. like when you get up and you brush your teeth yeah, yeah. and you get dressed, yeah. diabetes just becomes... Kind of part of yeah. How do you track it? Um, so I have um, a little something on my arm. I don't know if you. Oh yeah, yeah. Is that, is that um, has it got, has has that got spikes on the other side of it to to stay there, or is that just? It's, there's like a little plastic sensor in there. Okay. In the arm, but you yeah. can't feel it. 
Okay. And that's, um, and that's linked to your phone, I think, is it? It's linked to my phone. So um, this is called a CGM, a glucose continuous monitor. Quick, quick plug for you guys, CGM. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's con it's constantly checking what my blood sugar is. Okay. Um, and then I can just open an app on my phone and have a look. Um, there are times when I still have to do the old school, you know, finger prick test. So that's that's the that's the normal method of doing your blood sugar, right? The finger test. Yes. Beep. Yeah. Wait five seconds, five. Four. Yeah. Mate, do you know how many times they've done it to me in hospital? <laughs> so Every you know what day, it's like. two, three times. Oh my god! I was like, bruv, I don't have diabetes. I've never had low sugar level. I'm just unlucky, and I've got sepsis and lost all this. So, um, but yeah, they used to prick me two, three times a day. So yeah, I've, I've been through that many many times and uh, do you think it holds you back in any way Sarah? because i mean i watch you a lot on social media and all the rest of it and i don't think it does but do you feel like it holds you back you can live a perfectly normal life like anybody yeah. else there are like minimal amount of things that people with diabetes can't do yeah um i think maybe the only thing that i can think of that might not necessarily hold me back but that I think about quite a lot is about starting a family okay and obviously you know I'm 30 now me and Alan have been together eight and a half years and people yeah. are always saying well you've got a house now you're not yeah. going to start a family but when you've got type 1 diabetes your control like your overall control has to be so good yeah. in order to plan a pregnancy yeah. that I'm not at that stage yet and yeah. I think you know, I really want to be a parent. We we both want to start a family. Yeah. But until I have my health in a really good place yeah. to give that baby the best health they can have, yeah. I can't really start a family. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, how, do, uh, how would that affect the baby? I mean, how would that affect the pregnancy? So, if you're if you've not got good diabetes control and you fall pregnant, yeah, um, it can cause a lot of complications for the baby um, and the parent. Um, yeah, just just lots of different things. You know, they might just not. You might just not get through that pregnancy as smoothly as someone without. Because diabetes. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, people with diabetes have babies, right? Yeah. 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 Of course. But, yeah, but. Because your diet would be, because what you're eating and what you're injecting into yourself, including insulin, um, obviously you don't inject, I, mean, I said that's so wrong, it sounds like she injects herself with other <laughs> stuff now, but you know what I mean, so everything that goes into your body will go to that baby, right? Mm -hmm. So what, what do doctors, do you know, what do doctors say about pregnancies? How do they work? I mean, do the kids then, you must have heard about this. I think I've not wanted to research into it that much because yeah. I know it's not going to happen anytime soon. Don't yet. bury your sand. <laughs> no, don't I know, I know. Yeah, I know. Don't bury your head in the sand. Yeah, don't bury your head in the sapphire or so many brain cells. Yeah, sorry, yeah, you were saying? But, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't really know what to say about it because it, I just... I haven't researched into it that deeply yeah, yeah. because I know... I'm not at a point yet where it's gonna start where it's gonna happen. Yeah, of course, of course, um, of course. When it happens, you you you'll have done the research, and God willing, it does happen. And yeah, hopefully, it should be alright. Because like you said, people with diabetes do have babies, but it's yeah. just a case of you have to do it the right way and be ready for it, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I see. I mean, because I see you uh, working out in the gym and stuff as well quite a lot. Um, 
So do, it's what 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 things do you do in your life that help you um, stay on track and not use this diabetes as a way to be negative but be positive? I mean, there are athletes out there that have type 1 diabetes yeah. and, and it doesn't stop them from being able to do what they do. Yeah. So, you know, I, I never let diabetes get in the way of, of anything that I do. I just know that I have to check my blood sugars often and, yeah, yeah. And, you know if I need if my blood sugars are, are, are low which happens quite often in the gym so yeah. um, having diabetes is a bit like a roller coaster sometimes you can yeah. have high blood sugars you can have low blood sugars yeah. um, and there are times when I'm working out at the gym and I have to stop and drink one of these yeah, yeah. Lucas aids because it, it, it goes low yeah, yeah. Um, and other times when I'm working out and it will shoot right up because it depends on what exercise yeah. I'm doing. Wow, yes. Um, but yeah, I don't let it stop me. I just know that I have to check my blood sugars regularly yeah, and, yeah. and do what I need to according yeah, yeah. to that. So that's what I mean, I've been, you have to be very organised because yeah. you, you, you're like doing gym that's having up and down. Yeah, I know that I have to always have like some sugary stuff with, with me yeah. i need to have my phone with me so yeah. that i can check what my blood sugars yeah. are yeah yeah being organized i mean i'm i'd say i'm quite an organized person <laughs> anyway but i don't want to be sexist <laughs> now but you, you're probably better you're probably more organized than most of us guys to be honest <laughs> <laughs> um so i got sorry i gotta be careful sometimes what i say because some people are like oh why do you say that um, okay, so the question I was going to ask you is about um, obstacles that you face, but it sounds like obstacles you face and how you overcome those obstacles, but I think you've answered the question there where you just have to be organised and make sure you've got what you need to make sure it's at the right level. Can you just, because I get confused between high and low, right? Yeah. So when your blood sugar is high, what do you do? And what do you do when your blood sugar is low? And what's the difference? Yeah, so... Ideally, where you want your blood sugars to be, like the range where we're meant to try and be, is between 4 and 10. That's everyone? No, that's for someone with diabetes. Okay. Someone without diabetes, it's you're normally between 4 and 7. So okay. It's like a tighter yeah, tighter uh, gap, yeah. range. Um, if my blood sugars go high, mm. I have to inject insulin. Okay. So the insulin is what will bring it down. Bring it back down, yep. If it goes too low, yep. I have to have something sugary. And I'll bring it back up to where it yeah. needs to be. So you're constantly just having to go, it's like, it's like, it's like that right game, yeah, I don't know if you play that game, it's like, it's like that game where you've got to keep pressing the phone to keep the bird at a certain level. <laughs> you're just like trying to go up, trying to go down, it's got, got to keep it in the middle, got to keep it yeah. in the middle. Yeah, yeah. That sounds difficult, man. Yeah. Because I've seen, because you know, while I was in rehab, there's a couple of, because most people, Again, I wanted to ask you about this because a lot of people in rehab who lost limbs was because of diabetes. Why? So, when you have a low blood sugar, you have to treat it straight away because a low blood sugar, if you don't treat it, you can go unconscious. Okay. High blood sugars, if you don't treat them over a long period of time, so if you, if I like, never gave my insulin and I let myself run high yep. all the time. Yeah 
it feels weird saying that because I'm high. <laughs> um, if I let my, my blood sugars run high for a long period of time, you can develop uh, complications like diabetes complications. So that's things like um, eye problems. So I have to get my eyes checked every year. Like they take pictures of the backs of my eyes to make yeah. sure the blood vessels are all okay. Um, regular foot checks because again if you were I don't know walking along a beach and you cut your foot and didn't realize and then that cut got infected yeah but why would you not realize because you you get um, nerve damage so you say you wouldn't feel it you wouldn't feel it but that's if you have really bad high diabetes control yeah um, your kidneys can go into kidney like you can get problems with your kidneys problems with your heart um, you know, there's all these different complications that can come from diabetes, which is why it's C so control good. is important. Yeah, it's important to have control, which is easier said than done. Sometimes. Yeah, because there, there was a there was a lot of people in rehab who, yeah, they obviously, for example, there's one story. He he broke his leg, and for a week they realised it was broken. He's a postman, so he's still working. Wow. For a week. That was, it was not broken, broken, obviously, but it had a crack in it. But if I had a crack in my bone, like, that would hurt. Yeah. But his blood sugar, obviously, was so high, he just didn't feel it. Yeah. And then when he went into hospital with it, it was turned to gangrene, and then had to get it chopped off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, worst-case scenario. But also, because, because our immune system is compromised with diabetes, we take longer to heal as well. Yeah. So if I get like a cut or or something like that, it will take like or tattoos. I've got tattoos. Yeah. They take me a, a lot longer to heal than someone else. Oh, so they, okay, so they do take longer to heal. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's mad. So you so again, you got to think about those things, right? Yeah. So you like tattoos, but getting tattoos take longer to heal. Will they get infected? Yeah. Um. That's what I mean by you having to have your thinking in life is very different from someone who doesn't have diabetes. You got to think about these other little little things. Yeah. Can you? What are the, I mean, I, I mean that was a great example, but any other things in your life where you've it's held you back a little bit, you think or not? Cause I know I asked it before. I'm just trying to dig in a bit deeper. Because <laughs> you mentioned one day about realizing the fact that tattoos you got to yeah. think about, it, right? Because it could infect and yeah. Worst case scenario, it can kill you. Diabetes can kill you. It can. Yeah. It can. That's that's the re realization is that that's not the right word I was looking for. Um, yeah, it it can kill you if you don't look after yourself. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. If if you look after yourself, yes, you're going to have good days and bad days like yeah. anyone else, yeah. but it it can lead to you dying. Yeah. What, what what does your bad day look like? A bad day for me, What's I guess... Your, what was your most recent bad day? Oh God, you're putting me on the spot now. I think bad days for me now is like if I have constant high blood sugars. And does that, because that, it, it, does that happen? Does it does happen, yeah, it does happen. It's normal to have highs and lows, yeah. you know, with, with your blood sugars. Yeah. Um, and it does make you feel rubbish, yeah. you know, physically as well. Yeah. And it's really funny... Um, 
Alan can always tell if I'm having a high blood sugar or a low blood sugar by my mood. How oh, is it? How does it, it affect? Does it affect your mood? It affects your mood. So if I'm if I my blood sugars are high, I'm really like snappy and like argumentative. Yeah. Whereas if I'm low, then I'm more like you know lethargic, lethargic and, and sleepy. Yeah. 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 I hear that, and it must really affect your social life. I mean it can because again it's all about like planning of what That's you're what gonna do so f I mean every day I have to I can't leave the house without my medication you yeah. know I have to make sure that's in my bag yeah I have to make sure I'm okay to drive somewhere yeah. and when I get there I'm okay yeah. if we're going out if I'm going out with friends for a meal or something like that I have to think about right what am I gonna choose on this menu yeah. to to inject my insulin for yeah um, how long am I going to be out for? Have I got enough like glucose stuff with me in case I do go low? Yeah. It's just all about planning. Yeah. That's the thing. Like it doesn't stop me from doing anything. It's just all about making sure that yeah, I've planned. planned everything. And you know, what? it's, it's the, the the planning bit is very similar to um, what I've started to realise now. Is like everything you do, you have to think right. This, that, this, this, this. As long as you, I've got this, I can do this. As long as if I haven't got this, or if I haven't got this and this does happen, then I'm fucked, basically. Um, so I, to I, I totally understand I can relate now. And I think people don't, I, I think people don't realise how big of an issue diabetes is yeah. and how seriously you're going to take it, especially in the Asian culture. Um, in our culture, like everyone, a lot of people get diabetes because of heart, just, just, just the way our food is, unfortunately. And um, they don't tackle it. They, they, they just live life as if they haven't got it mm -hmm. um, until it's too late. Yeah. And um, so it's good that you're, you're still living your life, you're still doing what you're doing, but you're just managing it as you go along, right? But you, but you mean type two, right? Type and two it's more type two. Yeah, yeah it, it is more type two. What's the ratio, would you say, percentage-wise? between type 2 and type 1 in this country. Do you know? No, I don't actually know the, the answer to that. I don't know. Because, I mean, I mean, but what is more, what is more, not popular, what is more prominent? What's, what's the right word? Prominent, what's, what's, or what, what's, what comes up more often, type 2 or type 1 in the hospitals, do you think? I don't know. I mean, if you were to, to be an adult nurse, for example, it, you know, type 2 would be more prominent. Yeah. That's the word. You did use the right word. Yeah, you prominent. used the right word. Cool. <laughs> um, obviously, type one is it kind of comes up a lot more in, in children and young people. So oh, does it? Yeah, yeah. Children and young people. Why type one? Type one. Because type one is probably, is more related to your pancreas, right? Ex yeah. And type two is more related to food. Would you say or am I wrong? Yeah, no. Type two is related to unhealthy lifestyles okay. and what you're eating and, and exercise. Yeah. Because children can get type two as well, yeah. you know, if they're slightly overweight yeah. and they're not eating healthy, yeah. they can get type two. But yeah. that's a lot more prominent in adults. Type one can happen to anybody. Yeah. Um, at any time. At any time. Yep. Yeah. Um, because your pancreas just stops working. It stops producing insulin. Do you know what scared the shit out of me recently? <laughs> um, I read an article where someone had blood diffusions mm -hmm. and because of the blood diffusions he got diabetes or she got diabetes. Did I read that right or, 
am I? So everyone doesn't know, I know, Soraya um, works in the medical world, right? So what do you do for work? Tell everyone. So I'm a paediatric nurse, but I've recently become a diabetes nurse specialist. Bosh, you go, <laughs> spot on. Um, that's exclusive. Um, so what was I going to say? What was I talking about? Yeah, so, so, yeah, so Sarah's a nurse, so, was that story correct? Oh my god, mad. can that happen? From dub, because I've had a shitload of blood diffusions. <laughs> so, like, am I, am I, have I got a chance of getting diabetes now? I have never heard that before. In my three and a half years of being a nurse, I've not heard that. So, yeah, I, I, I can't help you there. But I'm sure that if you, all the, do you mean blood transfusions? What did I say? Diffusions. What's diffusions? I don't know. Yeah, I said the wrong fucking word. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> it's all good, it's all good. We're not judgmental here. What was the word again? Transfusion. Yeah, I did a lot of blood transfusion, not diffu <laughs> not diffusions. Fuck's sake. <laughs> hey, I might be wrong, I might be wrong here. Yeah, so yeah, so you, you, don't think, you never heard of that? No, and I think, I think if you were to get diabetes from the blood transfusions, you, you would know by now. You'd, you'd have like the symptoms. Like, like a down date, like lethargic, sleepy. Yeah. Losing weight, like, yeah, I wish. You know, really losing thirsty. Weight. Yeah, yeah, losing <laughs> weight, I wish. Not I had diabetes, just losing weight. Um, yeah, feeling thirsty. Okay, okay, I'm cool. I'm good for now. For now. Um, we spoke about misconceptions early on. Mm. Um, what are the sort of main misconceptions about diabetes? And which one's pissed you off the most? <laughs> oh my god, it, I think it is the ones where they, they say, oh, they've got diabetes because they've eaten too much sugar. You know, that, that is the main one. Yeah. That is the main one. Um, and it's not, you know, it really isn't. An autoimmune disease is an autoimmune disease. Like, yeah, you, yeah there's a big you difference. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. <laughs> you can't stop it. And you can't stop it. There's, there's another mad story for you. This would be a, a guy, yeah? I think it was Iranian. So, or was he Turkish? Maybe it was Turkish. Um, but he, when he used to drink tea, he, I've told a couple of my mates this. The only square sugar cubes you get, yeah. so he'd put, he'd, put a, he'd put a square sugar cube in his mouth and then sip the tea. What? Right? So instead of putting sugar in the tea, he would have the tea normal yeah. and then sip the tea. Then he'd have like three sips of that. Then he'd put another sugar cube. Three sips. Then another sugar cube. Do you know the amount of nurses that used to shout at him? Because guess what he had? Did he have diabetes? Yeah. Yeah, he was diabetic. That that's weird. And, they were, and they, were, they were saying to him, mate, you're going to die. Why do you keep doing this? And he wouldn't listen. He was about four foot as well. It was funny, I remember him. Yeah, well, some, some people just don't... But some, people don't, some people don't stop. No. Like, type 2, especially type 2, not, probably not type 1. Type 2, they, they diagnose and just carry on. They don't change their diets. Yeah. Again, in, a lot in our culture as well, it's just they don't change their diets. Yeah. And it's bad. And that's it. Like, you've got to want to change. You, want, you have to want to look after yourself. Yeah. You know, I could easily sit here and think, well, I don't want to do 10... To 12 injections a day yeah. but actually that's what's keeping me alive so yeah. why wouldn't I yeah exactly exactly and are there um, could you share any uh, tips maybe for people that have recently been diagnosed with diabetes um, and maybe are struggling to manage it 
What's your advice and tips to those people? My advice would be to speak to your healthcare teams. Especially, I think when you're a child or young person diagnosed, it's it's a lot easier because mm. your team will constantly be checking in on you. Mm. When you become an adult, you're the one that has to check in with your team. Yeah. But that's what they're there for, yeah. you know, to answer your questions. Um, speaking to your friends and family, you know, letting people know that you have type one and and what it is. Yeah. I think having the support of friends and family is massive, uh, or support from anybody because. Yeah. Diabetes burnout is a thing. What's like, that? What's that? It's basically where like diabetes just beca become it just gets too much. Okay. You know, it's something that you have to think about every day yeah. of of the week, the year. There's there's no time where I can switch off yeah. from thinking about it. You can't you can't you can't get away from it. You can't get away from it. And yeah. it can become really, really exhausting. Yeah, I can imagine. You know, people don't see that side, like the yeah. mental health side of yeah. diabetes. So yeah. Yeah, speaking to people about how you're doing. Yeah. Um, and just knowing that you're not the only person. Yeah. You know, there are millions of people out there living with type 1. Yeah. So joining, like, Facebook groups or yeah. trying to meet with others that have it. Yeah. You know, getting that peer support. Yeah. Um, and I'd say when you compare diabetes to something like cancer, mm. you know, just being grateful for those days where you're struggling because mm. people with cancer would love to have a treatment where they're giving themselves 10 to 12 injections a day that I always think about that when I'm having a really shit day mm. actually I've got something that's keeping me alive and I'm really grateful for that mm. Mm. Um, yeah I think there's so much that you can do yeah. and, and live a normal life yeah, with, yeah. with type 1 mm. Um, describe your mental strength then, Soraya. Um, how would you describe your mental resilience and how do you keep that mental strength up? I, I have good days and bad days. Um, I'd say maybe more recently I cope with it a bit better in the more recent years, but I still have days where it, it does get too much and I think it's those days where I just kind of speak to Alan yeah, yeah. you know he <laughs> this is going to get cheesy now but um, <laughs> you know we've been together eight and a half years so our relationship has I've always had diabetes mm. and he literally came into my life at a point where I was in and out of hospital mm. and missing injections and not looking after myself and I really feel like he he saved me mm -hmm. That sounds cheesy, but I yeah. feel like he did because since being with him, I've not been in hospital once yeah. related to diabetes. I've not missed any injections. You know, he's taken the time to really learn what diabetes is and how how I am mm. because of my diabetes. Yeah. And, and that's so important. You know, yeah. having him has, he's like, yeah, he keeps my mental health really strong. <laughs> Well, it's funny because I saw him checking the phone just now. Yeah. When now uh, you yeah to make sure that your make sure your levels are fine. So and that sort of clicked now and now it's clicked. Like yeah, I can see he probably he probably does that all day long every day. Yeah. So um, for people listening and watching, so Alan has uh, an app on his phone where he can see what my blood sugars are, so he yeah. can follow what my blood sugars are. So 
if I'm high or low, he'll know about it. Yeah, yeah he looks after her to make sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So you mentioned um, about um, resources to help people with the mental side of things. Uh, talk to us a little bit about what resources are out there and um, what resources work for you and what other resources are out there that may work for other people. A lot of teams now um, have psychologists, okay. a lot of diabetes teams. I think that's really important because mental health plays such a big part when you have a lifelong condition. Mm. Um, I personally never saw a psychologist. I didn't feel like I was at the point where I needed to. Mm. My psychologists were always my, you know, my family. Um, her, her, her psychologist was Alan. <laughs> my psychologist is Alan. <laughs> <laughs> you're right you're right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but you know if if a psychologist isn't available for people out there you know um speaking to your gp okay they can refer you yeah um di diabetes team um diabetes uk so websites like diabetes uk or yeah. um there's a website called jdrf which is like the juvenile diabetes foundation um, they've got loads of kind of tips on where you can access support. Yeah. Um, and yeah, peer, peer groups, you know, meeting other people. I think meeting other people who are going through the same things as you are is a massive thing for your mental health. Yeah. Just speaking to someone yeah, I, knows, I know. That. I, I, I hear that. Know exactly. I hear that. I hear that. Just, just, just talking about the people, talk to friends, family, loved ones, make sure they're aware of it. Yeah. Because it affects you, family events that people probably know about it. You know what I mean? Going out socially, your friends and family know about it, so they can be aware of it to help you if anything does go wrong. Have you has anything ever gone wrong? Touch with it hasn't, has it? Um, what do you mean? Like, in... have you like in terms of your levels? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. When I was first, uh, the first couple of months um, after diagnosis. Yeah. I did actually go into a coma. Oh, really? Obviously, I don't remember it, but my mum, my sister, and my dad were there, and yeah. they saw me in a comatized state. Yeah. Um, so, did you get what a natural coma, or did they put you into a coma? No, it was a natural. A coma. natural coma. My, my how, blood sugars had dropped so low yeah. that I went. I was unconscious. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how long I was out for. I just remember, uh, you know, I was very you're young. young. Yeah, so you're I was, young. Yeah you know, messing about in the morning with my parents. Yeah. On a Sunday morning, me and my sister would always go and like jump on my parents in the morning, <laughs> yeah. like wake up. Yeah. Um, and because I hadn't had breakfast, yeah. my blood sugars had been dropping. I went into a coma. My sister said that she, I was laying on my parents' bed and she was tickling my feet. Now yeah. I'm really ticklish yeah. and I didn't move. You didn't move, yeah, yeah. So and then, yeah, and then she called my parents and said, Soraya's not moving. Yeah. I was froth frothing at the mouth. Oh, my God. Um, they called an ambulance and um, they gave me, they must have given me like a glucose injection or a shot or something, yeah. which woke me up. Yeah. Um, and I just remember seeing the paramedics there. Yeah. That's the only time, touch wood, yeah, touch that wood, I've... Yes. Touch wood. Um, but, you know, I've I've had a lot of experiences doing an injection in public and people think that I'm doing drugs or people will come up to me in the gym and ask me what this thing is on my arm and think it's a nicotine patch 
you know, it's yeah. it's not things that have gone wrong, but it's again people just aren't people just don't know enough. Yeah, it's not about. Fully, they're not aware. Of it. That's what I mean, though, because um, like some of the questions I've asked today may seem a bit thick, but like diabetes, people make a lot of assumptions about diabetes, or they just don't know enough about it. Because I always say the piss out of people that like, oh, I've got diabetes. Now you have me, you just eating too much, too many sweets today. But they might actually have diabetes. You never know, right? Yeah. So um, I hear it all the time. I, I do see it. How does that make you feel when they do, do come up to you and say, "What is that? What are you what are you doing injecting wise?" And do you know what it used to, it used to bother me a lot. It used yeah. to bother me so much um, when I was in secondary school yeah. to the point where I wouldn't inject in public. Yeah. I would just I would go and hide in a toilet and inject. Yeah. But now I just embrace it. You know, if someone comes up to me and and asks me about what that thing is on my arm, like I'll educate them. Yeah. Come on, I think that's important. Exactly, big up, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, Courage. Um, and I hear that because I now reset my leg. I know it's only been six months, not compared to your lifetime of it, but six months. Um, over the six months, I realised that I don't give a shit no more, just whatever, because I have to reset my leg every hour or so. So if I'm in a gym, I'll just I'll take my leg off. Yeah. People will be like, what the fuck? Like, I'll take my leg off, yeah. reset it, and put it back on again. But I think people need to learn, people need to be educated. Yeah. I need to be educated. Absolutely, I agree. And I think, like, you've been through a lot more in the last six months than I oh, have no, yeah. in the last 19 let's years. Not, let's, not start, <laughs> let's not start me with me all day. Um, <laughs> do you think diabetes has allowed you to do things? It's a strange question, but do you think it's allowed you or opened doors up for you that, or made you do things you think you wouldn't have done before because of not having diabetes? Or do you think, no, nah, I... But I've just, I, yeah, nothing's really different if I had it or if I didn't have it. Um, I mean, I, I definitely think it's led me to the career I'm in now. Yeah, well, that, that's, that was what I was going to pick up on because yeah. um, you've obviously gone into that career now. So where did that come from? Where did that thinking start? I think it. I think Alan again and my and my family um, kind of pushed me into that route because I always knew I wanted to work with children. Like yeah. I love working with children. Yeah. Um, Why? <laughs> no, joking. I know. Maybe because I haven't got my own yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah, she, she can, basically, because she can give them back, she's, she's happy. She, I'm joking. Girl. You're saying, you're saying, you're saying. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I went to university, my initial idea was that I wanted to be a primary school teacher, but that kind of fizzled away. Mm. Um, and when I graduated, I worked in a nursery for three years. But again, there, I wasn't noticing any progression, you know. Um, so Alan kind of said to me, well, have you ever thought about going back to university doing like a master's? I was like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Why would I want to put myself through that again? Yeah. Um, but then my mum would always say to me, you know, um, when I'd go for my appointments to see my diabetes nurse, she was like, maybe one day you could do this job. You know, yeah. that could be you one day. Yeah. And when I put the two and two together, you know, I have diabetes and I love working with children. Mm -hmm. I thought, what have I got to lose? Yeah. And it's taken me three and a half years since I qualified as a nurse to get to this stage. Well but well done, well done, well done. Yeah. It's hard work. Yeah. So now you do, so you work with children and you have diabetes. Yeah. So anyone from like when they're born to age of 18, basically. 18. Uh, and how does that work? Is, uh, 
just in terms of they come to you for appointments or special nurseries or what is it? Yeah, yeah, so they come to us for appointments. Um, when they're first diagnosed, we have to obviously teach them what to do for okay. when they go home. We yeah. do education with the families. We teach the schools how to help, like the primary school children mm -hmm. who can't do their own injections. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of kind of checking in on them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, loads of clinic appointments with doctors and us. Yeah. Um, yeah. You must do a lot yeah. of parents as well. Oh gosh, yeah. Sometimes the parents are, are worse than than the kids. They're, they're, they're worried, though, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, again, it's that educating piece, isn't it? Absolutely. As long as you do this, this, and this, it will be okay. Yeah, especially for the newly diagnosed. Yeah. You know, when when you've got a parent of like a three-year-old and their world's just been turned upside down. Yeah you can understand why they would worry. Um, and I think I empathise more because I've been in the position of of having my parents, you know, be the parents of someone with type 1. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I matured very quickly. Yeah. When I got that diagnosis, I was doing my own injections from day one. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the parents of the younger ones, they, they do a lot. I can imagine. They Cause, do a yeah, lot. Yeah, the thing with children, because they can't tell the full story, you have to almost like you have to just assume something's not right and all the rest of it. So it must be because, um, yeah, it must be difficult for the parents because I know how that feels. It's just it's not it's not nice at all. It's horrible. Yeah, and having to give your child injections, you know, you know what children are like. Yeah. If they don't want something, no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> so having to wear like a sensor on them, which they can just pull off or. Yeah having to do the injections and they don't sit still or don't want it, that yeah. is, is tricky. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, what, do you, what do you envisage for the long run in terms of career then? I mean, do you, do you have you thought about what you want to do in the next five to 10 years or? Um, I, I want to stay in, yeah, in the doing? diabetes field. I yeah. want to, you know, help as many families as I can, mm. you know, be sort of a role model to, to them and, and to the young people that are diagnosed and you know I want to kind of if if I could I'd want to make a difference in a, in a bigger picture mm. you know as in get involved with organizations like Diabetes UK or yes. use my social media platform to raise more awareness yeah. um, because very soon I'm hoping to so I'm on insulin injections but yeah. you can also have insulin pumps Okay, what's that? So that's basically a device that's attached to you. Another one. Uh, yeah, another one. Yeah. <laughs> another one, like that a little did, robot. Like, like DJ and another one. Yeah. And another one. <laughs> um, but instead of, like, injecting insulin, you know, a couple of times a day, yeah. that device is constantly delivering insulin to you. So when you need it, it senses it. It's just continuously. Mate, that's, mate, that's mental. Yeah. That is mental. So you have to change it every three days. But you won't have to track it as much, right? Then You still have to track it, but it just means you don't have to actually physically inject insulin. But, that, but that's doing it for you, though. It's doing it for you. So why would you still need to track if it's doing it for you? Because the pumps aren't clever enough to know when you're eating. So you still have to work out how many carbohydrates you're eating and tell the pumps that you're eat, about to eat. Okay. So it delivers you the insulin for your food. Okay, okay, now I understand. Okay. Yeah, I understand, I understand. Okay. I'm, I'm still with you, I'm still with you. <laughs> it's so complicated. Yeah, it is complicated. It's complicated. It's meant, it's, 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 um, and I think that's why people don't really understand it. Yeah. Because it is complicated. There's a lot. 
There's, there's, a, there's a lot to juggle. There is. There's a lot to juggle. And what's, when's that pump coming? So I'm hoping that I'll get it in the next couple of months. I'm in the... I'm having conversations with my team at the minute. Okay. Um, but when that happens, again, I want to kind of make a whole YouTube video about 100% going should. from injections to and I'll, and I'll put your YouTube channel below this as well, Thank if you're watching. Um, and is that is that free NHS? Is that private? It is. They have to apply for the funding, um, but it is through the NHS. Okay. You know, we're so lucky, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I mean, I tell you, I mean, private is the reason why I ended up like this, I think. But NHS, yeah, I mean, they saved my life, for God's sake. So they're absolutely brilliant. But um, what are there, have you looked at private options? No, I haven't. No, because there must be stuff out there on private as well. I mean, these pumps from the... From working in the field now, I know how expensive they are. God, do you know? They're like over two grand for these pumps. Yeah, I'm surprised. Do you know, um, yeah, I'm surprised. I was going to say something. So, because I, I asked a couple of times in hospital, how, oh, how much is that? Or oh, how much is that? Um, they used to use, just, just going off topic, sorry, Soraya. Sorry. Um, they used to use um, this hanky thing to yank me out of bed and put me onto a chair. You know those hoists? Oh, the hoist. The hoist. I heard those hoist things are like two, three hundred quid. Just just the, the bit hoist. that you sit on. Yeah. yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Just two, someone's charging NHS two, three hundred quid for a piece of cloth. I know. It, and, and I saw someone, I used it once, the wrong size. Where did it go? In the bin. In the bin. one use only. The waste is frustrating, but it's crazy, isn't it? How long have you worked at NHS then for? Only three and a half years. Three and a half years. Oh, yeah, she says only. Only, <laughs> only. yeah. Only. <laughs> How's your experience being with NHS working on your offside? Because I've never had no one on here who's worked on that side. Yeah. So yeah. how is it working on that side? There's pros and cons. Okay. There's There's been some really, really stressful days. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, physically and mentally, it's challenging. Yeah, you yeah. know, Especially when I was doing the 12 and a half hour shifts, nights, weekends. Was it? Oh, wow. It was hard. Yeah, yeah. It, it puts a strain on relationships and, yeah. and friendships, yeah. you know, because you're sometimes never, you don't see people. Yeah, you're never around. Yeah, just living in a black hole. No. <laughs> and it's it's mad because of the shortage of nurses. You know, yeah. there'd be days when I'd have like six patients to myself. Cause, yeah, because shortage. So it's, it's hard. More money, less work. Um, did you get involved with strikes? No, I didn't. Yeah, it didn't go on the pick. Was it called, they called it a picket line? The picket line, yeah. yeah. Picket line, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Because again, if you go on the strikes, you don't get paid. No, you don't get paid. I remember nurses screaming about that. Yeah. Because they were outside UCLH doing it, and I, and I was going around the ward shouting, "No more money, more, more money, less work, more money." <laughs> so like Janae, sharp. I was like, mate. <laughs> I was too energetic for them, like in rehab as well. I love that. I was, I was rolling around in my wheelchair, shouting, "More money, less pay! Get me my food! Hurry up, get me my food!" Um, you sound like my kind of patient. Yeah, oh, that, that was me. I was, I was the one blasting music and all the rest of it. So, um, what's what I wanted to ask you is, I mean, anyone that comes on this podcast, I always ask them, um, "What does strength in struggle mean to you?" So the floor is yours. What does strength? in struggle mean to you? I mean, I think we we all struggle. You know, everyone has their struggles. Um, but struggle doesn't last forever. You know, it comes and goes. And I think you always have to try and find 
what what your thing is to kind of carry on yeah. you know we only have one life yeah. so we have to try and make the most of that life and yeah. i think that's what you kind of find mm. strength in struggle from yeah oh, i mean <laughs> right um Soraya, thank you Soraya. Thank you for coming on today. It's been a pleasure. Um, Thank so, you. guys, I hope you have got um, information that you can take away from this. Um, I certainly have. But there's a lot of information there that I do not know about diabetes. Uh, I will put Soraya, Soraya's uh, link below um, to her socials as well as also putting links to the, um, would you call them charities? They're not charities, are they? Organisations. Organisations that help people with diabetes. I'll put those links below so you can share them with your friends and family if needed. Um, and guys, I'll catch up with you on the next one.